From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. And uh, thanks for inviting me into your home. And uh, I'm delighted uh, to be spending my 50th birthday with you. Wow, how did that happen? I was um, out hoisting a few cups of cheer with some good friends of uh, mine and my brother David last night at the Miller Tavern here in Toronto. Victor Vigiani, my occasional co-host here on the program, was there, and Ali Siadatan, who's been on this program a number of times and uh, also on the TV show, The Conspiracy Show, was there. And my old college chums, Don and Ken and Tom and Dimitri and Derek. And this was supposed to be, it was billed as a guy's night out. Uh, just to gather for a few cups of uh, adult beverages and uh, and so forth. And then, and then the mighty Aphrodite crashes the party. And of course, she's looking resplendent as usual. And then suddenly, of course, my, uh, my buddies are getting up and leaving the table and going over to sit with her. <laughs> so I'm no longer the center of attention. But I guess that's to be expected when you marry above your your station. <laughs> anyway, I, I was thinking about something uh, Margaret Atwood said. Uh, not one of my favorite authors, uh, but she said, um, uh, you know, as I'm looking around at my friends and my brother, and I'm thinking everyone else my age is an adult, and I'm merely in disguise. They say if you can make it to 50 without growing up, then you don't have to. So I think I made it. Uh, anyway, if you'll have me, I'd like to uh, continue to do this program for another 50 years. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I spoke with Joseph Farah, the founder of WorldNet Daily and the producer of a fascinating and, I must say, chilling uh, documentary film. It's called The Isaiah 910 Judgment, and it's based upon the book The Harbinger, The Ancient Mystery That Holds the Secret of America's Future, and it's by Jonathan Kahn. And in the book... Khan asks whether it's possible this mystery is behind everything from 9-11 to the collapse of the global economy in 2008, and whether it's possible that God is now sending a prophetic message on which America's future hangs. Hidden in the ancient biblical verse of the book of Isaiah, the mysteries revealed in the harbinger are so precise that they foretell recent American events down to the exact days the 3,000-year-old mystery that revealed the exact date of the stock market collapse of 2008, the ancient prophecy that was proclaimed from the floor of the U.S. Senate and then came true. It sounds like the plot of a Hollywood thriller, except it just might be real. So tonight, we're going to revisit the Harbinger and explore further the nine harbingers which seem to be manifesting in America right now in which, and with profound ramifications for America's future and end-time prophecy. Jonathan Kahn leads Hope of the World Ministries and Jerusalem Center Beth Israel, a worship center made up of Jew and Gentile, people of all backgrounds, located in Wayne, New Jersey. His teachings are seen on television and radio throughout the nation and are known for their prophetic significance and the revealing of deep mysteries of God's word. Jonathan is, as I say, the author of The Harbinger, the ancient mystery that holds the secret of America's future. Jonathan, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Good. Great to be with you, Richard. Listen, before we uh, dive in, I have to ask you, uh, going back to last year, when you were asked to uh, speak at the presidential inaugural prayer breakfast, and you delivered... Um, quite a remarkable speech, and and um, as the camera sort of panned across the room at those assembled, there were some people that were nodding in agreement, and then there there seemed to be some shocked looks <laughs> on a good number of people, uh, caused quite a commotion. And I'm wondering because again, you were talking about you know God's judgment and and how America has abandoned God. How was it that? Uh, that came to be, you were invited to speak, and, and were they prepared? Did they know ahead of time what you were about to say? Well, I don't know if everyone knew or was prepared, but um, I got a phone call uh, from the committee doing the presidential inaugural prayer records, and they said, you know, we want you to come. And I thought, okay, maybe I'll do a prayer for two minutes or something. And they, I said, well, how long do I have? And 
the woman said, well, how long do you want? I said, wow. So, um, so I, I didn't know if I was ever going to get a chance like this again. So I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to hold back, you know? Um, and there were, you know, there were congressmen and there were all sorts of people there. And, um, you know, I think, you know, I'm sure some people were shocked and, uh, but, you know, um, you know, but overwhelmingly, you know, the people there, because they were there for prayer, or at least, you know, the, the believers who came, um, you know, they, you know, it was a pretty, it was kind of an explode, explosion at the end. And after I did it, you know, um, you know, it, it really went viral, and over a million people have seen it on the on the web. If you, if somebody wants to get an idea of it, it's the, if they just go to Jonathan, if they, you know, if you, you know, Google Jonathan Khan inaugural or prayer breakfast, they'll see it anywhere on the web. But it was, um, we got a lot, I mean, incredible reactions. And I, and I was really, I was tired, <clears throat> tired. I was sick. I had no strength and it just kind of just, it just went forward. And, um, you know, I think, I don't think anybody fully expected it, but you know, I I knew I wasn't gonna. I, I could not lose that moment. And you certainly did not hold back. And uh, I'm wondering, was there any response from the White House? Uh, <laughs> no. You know, people people wonder if they saw it. Now, I would think that they have to be aware of something that 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 was the the inaugural prayer breakfast. And even though the, the Obama was getting ready to be inaugurated, you know, and and actually that that you know inauguration, the one. Kind of really evangelical or born again uh, minister was pr- ended up being pretty much banned from praying at the inaugural, and yes. so all the more I wasn't going to hold back, you know. So I don't know. I mean, we got reaction, you know, from people in government all over. We we don't know about the White House, you know, because you know I, I would think that they have to be, you know, uh, going through the internet for things like this. So I don't know, but you know, uh, we've heard well with a harbinger and with this, we've gotten so much really response from really top members of the government, um, but we have not heard from the White House. Well, and you took that, uh, that that opportunity, again, at the presidential inaugural prayer breakfast to sort of lay out the, the premise that is laid out so nicely, not only in your book, The Harbinger, but also in the the, uh, the documentary, The Isaiah 910 Judgment. And as I mentioned in the intro, uh, I spoke with Joseph Farah a couple of weeks back, and we... We talked about the documentary. We talked about the Nine Harbingers. But for those that missed the program, uh, let's first start, uh, and we'll try to get through yeah. this fairly quickly so that we can move on to other matters. Yeah. Uh, but let's yeah. quickly uh, revisit that particular yeah. uh, uh, verse in Isaiah. What does it say, and what is the significance? Yeah, well, the, well, the key is, and again, you know, where the overall is, we're talking about an ancient mystery. It's over 2,500 years old. It goes, it, it's in the last days of ancient Israel. And nine harbingers or nine prophetic signs appear in the land that are warnings of judgment to come, and that, and ultimately the nation is going to be destroyed. And but these are warnings because Israel turned away from the, the warnings. And the the eerie thing or the scary thing is the same nine harbingers are reappearing on American soil, some with precision, with exact uh, you know uh, exact uh, progression. Some have appeared in New York City, some have appeared in Washington, D.C., some have involved American leaders, some have involved the President of the United States. The harbingers have affected, you know, the economy, the, the political realm, I mean, really the future of not only every American, but really the whole world. And, and it goes back to Isaiah, as you said, and, and here you have ancient Israel, which is a nation that has known God, has been blessed by God, and then turns away from God. And then the, the harbingers appear, and the, the first harbinger is the the warning which is a biblical pattern is is called the breach and that is a a strike on the land and this comes in the form of an attack on the land and literally it's a it's a, a terrorist attack it was by the ancient assyrians who are historically the fathers of terrorism so this first attack it's a strike it's limited it's temporary it's a shaking it's a wake up call but israel does not wake up does not turn back to god and they make a a vow. They actually respond with defiance, and re- the prophet Isaiah records that vow, and it's a faithful vow. And it, it's it's Isaiah nine ten. And what the people say is this: They say, "The bricks have fallen." They're speaking of the attack, but we will rebuild with hewn stone. The sycamores have been struck down in the attack, but we will plant cedars in their place. And what what they're saying, in effect, is 
You're not going to humble us, God. We're going to we're not going to turn back to you. We're going to keep on our our course of turning away from you. We're going to continue to defy you. We're going to continue to descend into immorality, and we'll do it even more strongly than before. We're going to come back stronger than ever by our own strength. And so that's the vow. And Isaiah records that this is really a critical, pivotal moment. This vow because it's going to set the stage for judgment and destruction because. They don't, because they don't listen to the warning, they're going to, it, the shakings are going to continue, the harbinger is going to appear, and, and in the case of ancient Israel, it's going to be, in, in a number of years' time, they're going to be wiped off the face of the earth. And the pattern is this breach, this first shaking before the, the final judgment comes, or before the great shaking of the nation comes. Well, with America, America was also founded originally by the Puritans, dedicated to God for God's purposes. America's been blessed. I mean, above nations has been the most blessed nation with power, with prosperity. But America is also turning away from God rapidly, morally, doing exactly what ancient Israel did. America, as ancient Israel did, it call, is calling evil good and good evil, is promoting sexual immorality. Is You know, the ancient Israelites were lifting up their children as sacrifices. Well, America has literally killed over 55 million of its children, unborn children. And the same first strike, actually all the harbingers, but it begins with the first harbinger, which is this strike, has to be this warning strike, this shaking, which happens to America on September 11, 2001, when America's hedge of protection is breached, an enemy makes a strike. It's like, as with ancient Israel, it's limited, it's, it's uh, confined, and then it's over. And the nation is then given uh, really a, a chance to come back to God or to proceed on its course to judgment. And what happens with America is America does the exact same thing that ancient Israel does, and they basically respond in defiance. There's no real no repentance. There's no change of course. In fact, America grows farther from God since 9/11. And the same. That's when the harbingers begin, starting with that first one, but all. Nine of them appear, and we can we can briefly touch on some of them. Well, I remember, uh, and many of us will remember, in the immediate aftermath, when the towers were came tumbling down, uh, we heard from people like Donald Trump saying, "You know, we're going to build the towers. We're going to build it. We should build it one floor higher." Yeah. You know, to sort of thumb yeah. our nose at the at, at the terrorists. We're going to build yeah. it. We're going to be. We're going to come back stronger. And Rudolph Giuliani, then the ma- the mayor yeah. at New York, said yeah. echoed the same yeah. thing. And uh, yeah, as we'll. It, it, yeah, it was repeated again and again, almost like a mantra. They're saying what they're they're saying exactly what the leaders of ancient Israel said, and it happened. I mean, again and again, and sometimes I mean, we'll see. I mean, it happened word for word, but they're doing the same thing. And the problem was, oh God, I mean, you know, nobody stopped. I mean, very few people stopped to say, well, is this is this a call? Is this but no, we're gonna you know we're gonna do it better, and that's exactly what happened. So one example, one of the harbingers is uh, is the fourth harbinger in the well, the fifth harbinger in the book is called the the judgment stone or the stone of judgment and that is very simple in the the vow that that the ancient israelites made they say the bricks have fallen we will rebuild with with hewn stone now the word in in the hebrew there is gazit stone it means a chiseled out quarried out stone from mountain rock the 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 people of israel saying we're gonna we're gonna build stronger and better and we're gonna build with these big massive blocks of stone they go to the mountains they chisel it out they bring it back to the ground where the destruction where the attack happened where the bricks fell and it becomes their beginning of their defiance of as you said building stronger bigger taller than ever jonathan well, i'm going to jump in yeah, here take a time out sure. we'll come back and we'll uh, we'll continue on with that sure. harbinger jonathan Kahn, the harbinger the ancient mystery that holds the secret of america's future here on the conspiracy show don't go away Exploring theories, uncovering facts, and offering a different view of the universe. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Before its end as a nation, there appeared in ancient Israel a series of specific omens and signs warning of destruction. These same nine harbingers are now manifesting in America with profound ramifications for America's future and end-time prophecy. Jonathan Kahn is with us, the author of The Harbinger, The Ancient Mystery That Holds the Secret of America's Future, and also um, is uh, featured prominently, obviously, in the uh, the documentary based on the book, and it's called The Isaiah 9-10 Judgment. We were talking about the Gazit Stone, and again, in ancient Israel, after the Assyrians basically leveled uh, Jerusalem, the, uh, the, the 
in defiance uh, to God, they said, we will rebuild it, and they decided, I guess, to, to, um, uh, to build this sort of foundation, carving yeah. something out of bedrock. Yeah. And, and how does that mirror what happened in America yeah. during 9-11? Yeah, they go up to the mountains, they quarry out this, this stone, they bring it back to the ground destruction, they begin the building. Uh, after 9-11, the people of New York go up to the mountains of New York, they quarry out a stone, it's a massive stone, it's 20 tons of rock, it's a biblical chisel, it's a biblical gazette stone. According to the mystery, it's got to go back to the ground of destruction. They bring the stone to New York City, they bring it to ground zero, they lower it on the pavement of ground zero, they have a, a ceremony around the stone, they have the leaders of, of the mayor of New York and the governors of New York and New Jersey all gather around the stone, they pronounce vows of defiance over the stone, they say the stone represents America, we're going to come back stronger than ever, they have no idea what they're doing, they're reenacting the ancient drama of judgment of a nation and it goes he goes to the next thing I and mean, it goes right down the line in isaiah the next word or the next the next object is that people say the sycamores have been struck down now what happened is in the attack that happened this warning strike the literally the land was ravaged and the sycamore trees were struck down and this, this is a biblical sign of national judgment the striking down of a tree and the uprooting of a tree and the striking down of the sycamore specifically well what how could this have anything to do with 9-11 well in the last moments of 9-11 as the last tower comes crashing down it sends forth a shock wave it sends forth a, a beam into the air the beam strikes an object the object is a tree the tree is the sycamore the sycamore is fallen down the biblical sign of national judgment is struck down at the corner of ground zero and it, it's the biblical sign is that it's a warning that a nation that is being warned if it doesn't turn back is going to be uprooted the people in new york take the sycamore they put it on display they make a big thing out of it they have no idea they're dealing with an ancient biblical sign of national judgment. And then the next thing, that, I mean, it's right down the ancient vow. It says, the next thing, it says, the sycamores have fallen, but we will plant cedars in their place. So the people of Israel, what they do is, they, they do another act of defiance. They say, okay, we're going to plant another tree right where the sycamores fell, they, but this is going to be not a sycamore, it's going to be a stronger tree, because we're going to show, we're going to show man and God that we're coming back stronger, like this tree. We're gonna, and so it is in, in the English, it says cedar tree, but in the Hebrew, it's Erez tree. And Erez can be a cedar, can also be a spruce. It means an evergreen conifer tree. Right, right. Specifically, a, a panacea is the actual term. Well, after 9-11, what, something strange happens. Two years after 9-11, in the, a tree appears in the sky at the corner of Ground Zero. Right, right at Trinity St. Paul Church. Yeah, yeah, at that corner, right where the, the sycamore had been struck down. And the, the tree is being lowered into the earth where the sycamore fell. It's replacing the sycamore. And the tree that it is is not a sycamore. It is a biblical Erez tree. It's the pine conifer, same tree of Isaiah, tree of judgment. They put it down. They have a ceremony around the tree. They call it the tree of hope. They, they pronounce basically another, like speeches of we're going to come back, you know, better and that you, we can't be conquered. And uh, they have no idea what they're doing, but they're doing the exact same thing. It's, the, it's like a ceremonial act and nobody's planning these things. I mean, the harbingers happen not because people plan it. They happen because it's like they have to happen. And it's going to get even more dramatic because when you get in the book, that's the seventh harbinger. When you get to the eighth harbinger in the book, it is, it's called the utterance. And that is this, the actual vow of Isaiah that was uttered by the leaders of ancient Israel. And by doing so, they were pronouncing judgment on their nation. And actually, it leads to judgment. And they do it in the capital city, which was Samaria then. And they, they do it as a public act of defiance. Well, for this to come true, now, what would have to happen is an American leader would have to pronounce the vows in the, the, like in the ancient vow of defiance in the capital city, would have to do it publicly. And the question is, what American leader in their right mind is going to pronounce a vow of defiance or the vow of judgment or pronounce judgment on America? I mean, it's certainly not one running for office. And, you know, what one is going to do something that's going to mirror this ancient, you know, verse, which, by the way, most even Christians don't, didn't even know this verse because it's obscure. Well, here's the amazing thing. On the anniversary of 9-11, an American leader gets up in Washington, D.C. He's famous. He's running for vice president. 
he speaks to a congressional caucus. He is John Edwards, and as he gets up to the to the pulpit or the bema or the you know the stage, he he out of his mouth he says. There is a word that's, that, is, that is for us now. And the word that comes out of his mouth, he says, the bricks have fallen, but we will rebuild with hewn stone. The sycamore has been cut down. We will plant cedars in their place. He's quoting word for word the ancient vow of judgment. He's pronouncing judgment on America. He has no idea what he's doing. He thinks he's doing something of encouragement. But out of 30,000 verses, John Edwards, he pronounces the judgment on America. He's, he links it to 9-11, which is what has to be it's to that attack he he outlines the harbingers he actually not only does he say it but he builds his entire speech around the the one verse of judgment he goes on to say where the bricks fell we're going to put stones up and where the sycamore was struck down we're going to build we're going to put the the cedar tree he doesn't even know it's actually taking place in america and you know even more like incredible on the day after 9-11, in the book, this is the ninth harbinger, this is the prophecy. Well, basically, that is that the, the, the actual vow has to be spoken prophetically right after the events, and, it's, and what it says, it's going to say what's going to happen, and it's going to come true. Well, the day after 9-11, the American government gathers on Capitol Hill to give the official response of the nation before the world. And one man is chosen to do it, and that man is the head of the Senate, the Senate Majority Leader, Tom Daschle. He gets up to the, the, the podium. He's going to speak before the entire government, basically the Senate and the House gathered there, and he gives the, the response of America, and then at the end of the speech, as he reaches the crescendo, he says there is a passage in Isaiah that speaks to all of us now, and then out of his mouth, he says, the bricks have fallen. We will rebuild with dressed stone. And he goes on to word for word pronounce the judgment, of basically without realizing what he's doing, from Capitol Hill now. It becomes, it's recorded in the annals of Congress as the response of America. That America's response was the exact same words as the response of the leaders of ancient Israel that brought destruction on that nation. He speaks of the of the tree being struck down. He doesn't even realize there's an actual tree that was actually struck down, the harbinger, the, the sycamore. He speaks of the stone that's going to go up, the Gazit stone. He doesn't realize that's going to happen three years later. It's like prophecy. He speaks of the replacing of the one tree with the other in this ceremonial act. It's going to happen two years later. It's all prophetic, and he doesn't know what he's doing. And, and at the end of his speech, what he says, Dashiell says, he says, this is what we will do, and he's referring to Isaiah 9.10. So it's eerie. He's referring, he's setting the course of basically judgment. And what he says is going to come true, and it's going to lead to the second, manifest, the second shaking of America, which is going to happen seven years later. And, it's, and when that happens, it's not going to be the collapse of buildings. It's going to be the collapse of the American and world economy. And it's going to, behind this collapse, it's going to be amazing, but behind this collapse, is another stream of ancient mysteries from the Bible that are so precise that they're going to actually pinpoint the exact day down to the hours of the collapse of Wall Street. I mean, it's amazing stuff, and it's exact. Jonathan Kahn is with us, the author of The Harbinger, The Ancient Mystery That Holds the Secret of America's Future. Uh, the second shaking uh, you're talking about, and, and I just want to go back uh, for a moment to uh, the sycamore, because what's fascinating is, of course, the 9-11 attacks, at least uh, in New York, uh, strike at the very heart of America's financial system, Wall yeah. Street. And, you know, other than Central Park, you'd be hard-pressed to find, you know, a lot of trees down in, uh, you know, yeah. in southern Manhattan, yet the, the, the one tree that is felled happens to be a sycamore tree. The other name of the sycamore tree is the buttonwood tree. We know it is in America as the buttonwood tree. Yes. And there's an interesting connection between Wall Street and the buttonwood tree that goes back to the, the very yeah. beginning. Of, yeah. of Wall Street. Yeah, there is there's a principle in the Bible that when judgment comes, that the foundations are exposed. And the foundation with America, one of the foundations is of its financial superpower, is, as you said, Wall Street. And the thing is that Wall Street was founded um, basically with what was called the Buttonwood Agreement. And it was a covenant that was signed basically from a secret meeting of leaders in, uh, you know, in New York. 
this founds Wall Street. Actually, Wall Street was originally called the Buttonwood Association. Later, was it changed to New York Stock Exchange? Why was it called Buttonwood? It's because the the agreement, the covenant, was founded under a tree. The tree is called the Buttonwood. Well, the button. So this is the symbol of America's rise to financial superpower. What is the Buttonwood? The Buttonwood is the sycamore tree. The say, in fact, Buttonwood means sycamore. So you could call Wall Street the Sycamore Association. That's the first name of it. It's the symbol. So here is the symbol of America's rise to financial superpower. And on 9/11, the same symbol comes back again, but in a different form it's struck down and and so here is the symbol of of america's superpower struck down and so it literally is even foreshadowing the collapse of the american economy and what it's saying is it's warning that if america does not turn back to god the american age as we know it will collapse just like that tree and the amazing thing also is that they actually built a a statue of the that struck down sycamore in the book the sixth harbinger and they they put it on display and the place where they put this uprooted tree i mean it's basically a symbol of it's a statue of a tree uprooted and where they put it they didn't put it at ground zero they put it at the end of wall street the very street that is named after the sycamore the rise of the sycamore the living tree is a now a dead uprooted tree you know there's a warning in the bible in the prophets where god says that which i have built up i will break down and that which i have planted i will uproot that is the warning it's well, amazing and i and I've, i uh, i was in new york uh i guess Late 2011, and I saw, I went to Trinity St. Paul. I was shooting a segment of it there for the TV show. I saw this statue of this tree, and I had no idea what the significance of it was. I just thought, well, that's an interesting object art, you know, a piece of right. art. Uh, but then, as, as I discovered reading your book and in the documentary, Trinity St. Paul, uh, is oh. is very significant yeah. in terms of the history of the United States. People don't realize, many people, yeah. that the first capital of the United States yeah. was not Washington, D.C. It yes. was New York City. What is yes. the role of Trinity St. Paul? Amazing. Well, amazing. Here's one of the, and this all, everything goes back to the, the mysteries in the Bible. And one of the, one of the things in the, the, the mysteries in the Bible, it's called the mystery ground. It's one of the, the chapters in, in the Harbinger that kind of brings it home. And that is this. The principle is that when, when judgment came to Israel, the destruction returned to the same ground where the nation was dedicated, consecrated to God. And that was the Temple Mount, where Solomon dedicated the nation to God. And he, he basically prayed for the future and all that. So when it returned, you know, finally when, it, when the destruction came to the Temple Mount, it was a sign that, it, you know, that the nation had broken the covenant, and that, and that basically God's saying, return, look at what's happening. You know, this, this all comes back. So the principle is, the judgment returned to the place where the nation was dedicated to God. So could there be a link to America in this mystery? And an amazing thing is there is. And that is this. America was the first day of America as a fully formed nation. It wasn't 1776. 1789, April 30th, when Washington, the first president, sworn in as president. It's the first time we had the government as we know it. And, and he's sworn in the capital city. He literally gives a prophetic warning of what's going to happen if America ever turns away from God, which is happening now. It's being fulfilled now. And, it, and we don't have time to go into it, but that's actually one of the, it's one of the key things here now. Once he, once he gives this warning and this speech, he proceeds on foot with the entire first government. They go to a place to dedicate America to God. So here it is. They pray for about two hours. The first government on the first day dedicate America to God. If we can find out where that is, we've got a mystery. This is the dedication ground of America. It's the mystery ground. Where was it? It was in the capital city, as you said, but it wasn't Washington, D.C. It was New York City, where exactly America was dedicated to God. The America's consecration ground is ground zero. America was dedicated to God on ground zero, that's where Washington was, that's where they all were. The ancient mystery is manifested that the, the destruction returns to the same ground. In fact, that's the ground where the harbingers appeared. That's the ground where the sycamore was struck down on America's consecration ground. That's the ground where they had that ceremony and put the other tree down. And in fact, on that day of 9-11, a shockwave goes forth from ground zero, and it strikes another place. It strikes Federal Hall, the place where Washington was sworn in and gave the warning of what would happen if America ever turns away from God. And it, it strikes Federal Hall. It puts a crack in the foundation of America's foundation. But all around ground zero, basically everything is ruined, or every building is destroyed or ruined except one is protected which one it was the 
the little stone chapel where they dedicated America to God. All right, we'll take a time out. Sorry, Jonathan, we'll uh, take a time out, come back. We'll uh, talk about the mystery of the Shemitah here on The Conspiracy Show, talking about the Harbinger, the ancient mystery that holds the secret of America's future with Jonathan Kahn. Stay with us. is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Good to have you aboard. Jonathan Kahn stays with us, the author of The Harbinger, The Ancient Mystery That Holds the Secret of America's Future. Uh, now, we uh, we work uh, six days, Jonathan. The seventh day is the, the, the Sabbath or the Shabbat, uh, consecrated to God. It's a day to, to spiritually refresh, reconnect with, with God. And sort of in a similar vein, every seventh year is is holy. It's the is that what they refer to as the, the Shemitah, right? Yes, the Shemitah. Shemitah. That, is that, that every seventh year was a Sabbath year. In Hebrew, that's called the Shemitah. And on that year, it's basically, it's rest. It's basically an economic cessation. And, you know, they don't, they don't sow, they don't reap, they don't buy or sell the, the fruits of the field. And on the last day of the Shemitah, it's called in Hebrew, Elul 29, and that is, on that last day, something very significant happens. All the nation's debts are wiped out, all the credits wiped out, all the financial accounts are wiped out, and wiped clean. And it, it was to be a blessing. But the thing is that as Israel turned away from God, the blessing of the Shemitah, it turns from a blessing into a curse or a judgment. And that is an, to a nation that has driven God out of its life and basically has put money and other things out of God, the Shemitah comes back as manifest as a sign upon that nation or against the nation that strikes the financial realm of that nation. So what does that have to do with America? Well, America, and basically this, this, this mystery now, in the, in the Harvard, it's called the mystery of the Shemitah, and it, it basically affects not only America, it's affected everybody in the world. And, and it goes back to this ancient mystery. And what does it have to do with America? Well, America is not under the law, you know, of Moses, but as a sign of a nation under judgment, this is what the Shemitah is. And remember, the key here is this seven-year, basically, cycle or seven-year mystery. Well, what, you have two shakings. You have the 9-11, this, this physical shaking, and then you have the collapse of the American economy, which then collapsed the world economy. And so between the two, the, the first one happens in 2001, the second happens in 2008. That's a seven-year cycle between the shakings. Secondly, when did the collapse of the, of the economy happen, the collapse of Wall Street? It happened in the month of September. That's seven years to the month of 9-11. When? It happened the second week of September. That's when the collapse happened. That's seven, week, seven years to the week of 9-11. But even more than that, the, the peak of the collapse happened at the end of September 2008. It was the greatest stock market collapse, a point crash in American history. And it, it, eerily, when that day opened up, the, the bell, when they rang the bell at Wall Street, it refused to ring. Even Wall Street took it as an omen. And what happened that day, the greatest crash happened. So when did the greatest collapse in American history happen, in financial history? It happened on the biblical day of the Shemitah, Elul 29, the exact day down to the literally the hours of the Shemitah, which is what, which is to strike a financial, the financial realm of a nation, to wipe away credit, wipe away debts, wipe away financial accounts. And if you go back seven years from this greatest crash, as according to the mystery, you find an, another really mind-boggling thing, and that is the, you find in the month of September 2001, that's seven years back, you find another crash that was the greatest crash in American history up to that date. It was actually caused by 9-11, the stock market crashes. And when did that take place? It happened on September 17, 2001. Well, that's, that's seven years basically within two weeks. But when you strip away the Western calendar, go back to the biblical calendar, the other greatest crash in American or point crash in American and world history happens on the exact same biblical day. 
Elul 29, the day of the Shemitah. And so the two greatest collapses in American history and in world history happen exactly seven biblical years apart, down to the day, down to the hour. And, you know, no, no hand, no human hand could have orchestrated that, because, I mean, every transaction on earth is part of that transaction. And not only that... But, you know, it's not just Elul 29 once a year. Only one Elul 29 every, once every seven years can be it. So when do these happen? The two greatest collapses in Amer- American history happened on the exact once in seven year Shemitah down to the hour. And the message is, I mean, there's so much here. I mean, that, that this triggers the Great Recession has affected everyone's future. In fact, there's another one coming up. I mean, I'm not dogmatic about what God has to do or how, but there's another one coming up. But the, the fact is, this has affected everyone caused the great recession but the message is a prophetic message that i get into in the book on this and that basically is saying that if america doesn't turn back to god the shemitah the word in hebrew not only means you know uh uh, uh, basically a basically a release it also means a collapse or a fall The, the message is that if america doesn't turn back to god the american age as we know it will collapse well the next shemitah then would be a little 29 2015 yeah, well, the next Shemitah, yeah, the next Shemitah year begins uh, on 2014, September, and it ends in September 2015, as you said, which is September 13th. Now, I, I want to be careful because, you know, I don't want to be dogmatic when we say, you know, when God's in a box, he has to do this, he doesn't have to do that. But what I would simply say is keep your eyes open, though. I mean, it doesn't have to happen that the third time, but it, hap- it could, and it happened exactly down to the hours the last two times. I mean, it, it's really mind-boggling and it's amazing that economists and others didn't didn't note this the fact is that you know since the harbinger came out the harbingers have not stopped it's continued to happen i mean you know things that i didn't even know about when i wrote the book it's going down again to dates that it gave and down to more manifestations yeah some some since even the book has been published and we'll talk about those when we come back uh, Jonathan Kahn is with us, The Harbinger, the ancient mystery that holds the secret of America's future, and we'll uh, delve into some of the uh, the harbingers that just keep on coming. And uh, we'll also talk about uh, sort of the, the supernatural aspect of how this, came, this book came into being. I'm back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Don't you dare go away. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Jonathan Kahn is uh, connecting the dots uh, between what happened in ancient Israel and what is now unfolding in America. The Harbinger, the ancient mystery that holds the secret of America's future. And uh, I, I guess, you know, as we, we move into 2014 and uh, into the next Shemitah in uh, September, uh, which begins September 2014 and ends September 2015, uh, are you are you hopeful? Uh, are you optimistic about the future, or are you filled with dread? Well, uh, <laughs> ne- well, sort of neither, and and but a little bit both in one. Uh, I, in looking the way America is going, um, it is rapidly, I mean, rapidly morally descending, and and if that continues, what the harbinger says, and it basically, you know, in the book, I, it outlines the progression of judgment. Um, you know, there's exact patterns of what happens and, and what, how, it, how it unfolds. Um, and, the, and the overall is that if America doesn't turn back, what's going to happen is there will be continued, continual shakings, as we have seen, shakings until the nation either comes to a, a return, a revival, or it heads judgment. Now, I believe, when people ask me, could it be judgment or revival? I believe I answer it could be both. And sometimes revival only comes through shaking. So in that sense, I can say there's, there's hope. And, and the, you know, ultimately there is hope. I mean, I, if there was no... If there was no hope, I don't believe there would be any harbingers. What's the point of warning if there's no hope? But if I looked simply on what, if on television and news and what's happening, I would say it looks very unhopeful. Um, but I believe we are going to be heading for some very great shakings ahead. And and that's what. And the other thing is that I mean I don't take credit for the harbinger. It, it really just was revealed. It happened. It, the book really wrote itself. Literally, I never wrote a book before. 
and it you know and it it and it continues to happen like a life of its own it's well, continuing let's talk about some of the the harbingers that have uh, sure. rev- or manifested since yeah. you actually published the book yeah sure well one one of the things is the, the and one of the harbingers we didn't mention which is the fourth harbinger in the book and it's the tower and that is that basically after you know Israel you know is attacked and they say we're going to rebuild Undoubtedly, they built towers, and one of the ancient translations of the Bible, um, called the Septuagint, which is the first translation of the Bible ever made, it's before the New Testament, the New Testament quotes from it. Um, basically, the rabbis, the ancient rabbis, when they got to Isaiah 9.10, the bricks have fallen, we will rebuild with hewn stone, they did a, an interesting thing. Instead of saying the bricks are fallen, we'll rebuild with hewn stone, they say the bricks are fallen, come let us build for ourselves a tower. So the ancient translation literally speaks of a tower rising from the ruins of the destruction. Well, if you go to Ground Zero now, you'll see a tower. After 9-11, a tower began to rise, which they called the Freedom Tower. Then they called it the One World Tower. Um, and so it's rising. So this is the fourth harbinger. It's the most colossal harbinger, this, this tower. And the ancient rabbis, they were connecting basically Isaiah 9-10 with a scripture from Genesis, which is where they got it from, which is the Tower of Babel. So here they're, they're speaking this tower of defiance rising up, which is not a good sign. And it's right there at ground zero. It's not finished yet. And the thing is that I didn't know when I wrote the, the book, and, I, and when I spoke of this symbol, I, I linked it to the Tower of Babel. But what happened is there was a, there was a scripture that was hidden in ground zero, and, and I had no idea of it. And I, I was discovered by one of the chief photographers of ground zero. He took, he, and I spoke to him personally to make sure, and he, he was there. He photographed it. He photographed it. was a Bible that had been blown apart, and there was one page visible, charred, and he takes the picture. He's whisked out of there because it was dangerous, and, and he looks at his camera, and when he sees the picture, the scripture, he starts weeping. What was the scripture? The scripture was, come let us build for ourselves a tower. Oh, my word. That is the scripture hidden in ground zero which is not only the Tower of Babel, it's Isaiah 9.10, the Harbinger Scripture, which in the, in the form of the Septuagint, right there in the ruins. Now, here's, here's what happens to that tower. The tower is rising up, and everybody was waiting for the day that that tower would break the barrier in New York City and become the tallest building again after the, the Empire State Building was the tallest building. Well, it, it happens. On a certain day, finally they break the barrier. It becomes a new story all over the world. They focus on Ground Zero. Well, in the Harbinger, there's a date that's given that that is, that is linked in the Harbinger to Ground Zero. The date that's given is the date that that tower breaks the barrier and becomes the tallest building again. And and what happens is, and this is after the Harbinger came out, but about seven months after the Harbinger came out, something happens. The president of the United States, Obama, goes down to ground zero, and they show him the tower. And they they show him a beam. And this beam is significant because it's going to be the highest, it's going to be the final beam of the tower. It's going to finish the Harbinger, basically. And it's going to finish all the Harbingers. And it's going to be the highest beam in America. And so what happens is they show it to him, and he inscribes, he makes an inscription on the tower. He, you know, he can write anything, any words. But what he writes on the words is basically in American prose, he writes the vow of Isaiah the vow of ancient Israel that brought destruction to the nation. He writes it in American form. He, he writes it in basically in modern form. He, we, we rebuild. We come back stronger. He writes it basically. Here's the thing. He, he, in ancient Israel, when they, Isaiah 9-10 was spoken by the leaders and it brought judgment, in Hebrew, it's only eight Hebrew words. Well, the president, Obama, he inscribes eight English words that match the eight Hebrew words of Isaiah. It, I mean, I mean, I mean, phrase by phrase. In fact, if you go if you go to the center of the ancient Hebrew vow that brought destruction, you find the fourth word, the fourth of the eight words. The central word is the word nivna in Hebrew, which is rebuild. If you go to the the fourth word of the of the president's eight words on the tower, it's the word rebuild. Matches word for word. The highest words in America are the words of defiance which match the ancient vow of ancient Israel that brought destruction. I mean, it's eerie. And here's another thing, Richard. You know, there is a, there is a, um, a Bible. I mean, it's called the One-Year Bible, and it's all around the world, and millions of people have read it. And basically, here's the thing. With, I, with, a, with a Harbinger, the mystery is that 
the, that Isaiah 9.10, which is linked to the first strike on a land, it's linked to the, the first warning strike of judgment, it's, it's linked to all the harbingers, it's, it's linked to the date 9-11 or September 11th. Well, that's in the harbinger, but I had no idea that before I even wrote the harbinger, basically God was revealing this around the country, around the world, to millions of Americans. If you go, you open up the one-year Bible, and you open up to find the harbinger scripture, Isaiah 9-10, if you, if you find that page, and above the scripture will appear a date in every one of your Bible. The date that appears in the Bible is September 11th. My, Over, my. Not In other words, that before I even wrote the Harbinger, Isaiah 9:10, September 11th was marked to be the date of the warning of the nation under judgment. And not only more, even more, like, incredible... This Bible version, this came out before 9-11, not only before the Harbinger, but before 9-11. So all across America, every year, millions of Americans are opening the Bible every year on September 11th to Isaiah 9-10. And it's marked, before it happened, that on 9-11 will be the first strike, the first warning of the nation. And and on 9-11 itself, when all these things were happening, all over America and over the world, people are reciting the 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 scripture, they're talking about the sycamore before the sycamore struck down. They're talking about the bricks falling before the buildings fell. They're talking about all of it. I mean, so this is, I mean, I mean nobody, and I, I had no idea. When my wife told me, you know, well, actually, when I, when I found out about this, I, I didn't even believe it. And it's true. So that's, those are just some of the things. I'll, I'll give you one more quick, yes. quick one. Yes. And that is that, you know, one of the harbingers is that tree, is that the Eres tree. It's the seventh harbinger in the book. And this is the tree of, they called it the tree of hope. It was going to represent that, hey, we're coming back stronger and all that. Well, one of the symbols of judgment in the Bible, and you'll see it again and again, is the destruction of a tree, and not just the striking down of a tree, but literally the withering of a tree. And that is, that is you know, even Jesus, you know, there's the famous withering of the fig tree. Sure, well, it's sure. a sign of national judgment. Well, if you go to Ground Zero today and you look for the seventh harbinger in the book, you find the tree of hope that was supposed to represent, you know, America and coming back. The tree of hope is withering away. All and the the the, the, the keepers of Ground Zero can they there's they have no explanation. They can't save it. It's withering away. One of the signs of the Bible of national judgment is that the branches and you'll find in the Bible, that God says, "I will break the branches off." You know, and that's a sign sign of that the nation's glory is going to be broken off. Well, the tree of hope, the branches are bro- literally broken off. It's literally being held up by a rope, and and all around the tree, you know, everything else is green, but the tree of hope is literally the only thing that's just withering away, which is a sign of things to come if America does not turn back, and it's going to affect the world, the shaking of that is yet to come. My word. And, you know, all the financial prognosticators that I, that I follow on King World News and so forth, I mean, they're talking about a major, major correction that's that's coming our way in the stock market and, and you know, vast wealth that's going to be destroyed. Uh, all these things seem to be, you know, lining up. We just got a, a few minutes, but I, I, I want to get to, if we have time here, the the supernatural aspect of this. You yeah. found out about the Harbinger at, at the Super Bowl, didn't you? Well, not not exactly, but but it begins with the Super Bowl. And strangely, for people who are into this who are football, they know the greatest play in Super Bowl history is is what it was. It was a catch made by David Tyree of the New York Giants, the 2008. He catches the ball in his helmet. What people don't know is that that David Tyree is a born again believer. And when and not only that, when he went into that game game, a prophecy had been given to him that something was going to happen that was going to be linked, that was going to take him out of obscurity, and it was going to put him in the spotlight so he could share the gospel. Well, he went into that game basically waiting for a catch, wondering about that prophecy. But, well, he, he it happened, he wrote a book, and he mentioned the guy who gave him the prophetic word. Okay, now cut to to 2010. I just finished The Harbinger. And, it, and I didn't know, now what do I do with it? I, I've never written a book before. Most people said, you know, a book, you know, you know most book companies aren't going to care about someone who hasn't written a book before. I'm on a plane, I'm heading down to Dallas, Texas. I'm going to speak at Promise Keepers, but the plane stops at Charlotte Airport. I just finished the book, so I'm in the airport, at Charlotte Airport. I bow my head and I say, Lord, The Harbinger is your word, not mine. It came, it came, didn't come from me, it came through me, and this is yours, so you have to do it, not by man, not by the plans of, of people, but you have to do it by your hand. You have to get this word to the 
the nation, and you've done things like that before to the world. I open my eyes. There's a man sitting to my left. He turns to me in the airport. He turns to me, and he says, so what's the good word? I said, well, I, I said, God loves you. He said, I know that, but what's the good word? He begins to speak to me, and then all of a sudden he begins to prophesy over me at Charlotte Airport. He said, there is a book. You have, you, you have a book. It is from God. This word is from God. It's going to go forth to the nation. It's going to go forth to the world. God's going to do it by his hand. It's going to change your life. It's going to change all these things, and God's going to do it. The man who's sitting next to me is the same man who gave the prophetic word to David Tyree of the Super Bowl. Oh my. And he, he wasn't supposed to be on that plane. He was supposed to be on another plane, but, but the rain kept canceling his plane until he was put on my plane. And, and so he says the word, and because David Tyree mentioned him in his book, and it was published by Charisma, Stephen Strang, the president, it put this guy at the airport in touch with the president of this book publishing company. So I didn't do a thing. Or he gives me the word, and he sends word to them. They, and I get a, a little while later, I get a contact from Stephen Strang, the publisher of Charisma, uh, publishers. He says, we heard what happened at the airport. We, have, we heard about the thing called the Harvard. We have no idea what it is, but we're interested. And because of that totally supernatural thing, I bowed my head, prayed that prayer. That is how The Harbinger became a New York Times bestseller. That's how it went forth, totally by the hand of God. You know, totally as he did in ancient times. Jonathan. So it went forth. The first week it went out, it became a New York Times bestseller. We're talking now, Richard, two years later. It has been on that list for a hundred weeks, over a hundred weeks now. It's totally by the hand of God. I don't take any claim for The Harbinger. It really just wrote itself. Unbelievable. Very quickly, where can we get The Harbinger? The Harbinger is everywhere. Basically, people can go online tonight on Amazon and every other place. Every Christian bookstore and secular bookstore, Walmart has it. It's everywhere from uh, from Amazon tonight. And um, also, the Isaiah 910 Judgment is everywhere. The Harbinger Decoded is another DVD. So that's they go online, they can find it Excellent. pretty much right away. All right. Thank you so much for this, Jonathan. Absolutely mind-blowing. It's been a, been a joy. Jonathan Kahn. All right. RichardSerrett.com is the website. Say hello on Twitter. And as always, follow the truth.